0: Well, I have nothing to do. I have nothing to say. Well, Love Is Blind Two is over, and that was my personality for like three weeks. There was a Love Is Blind One. Wait, what?
1: I can't watch that shit. What, Joseph? It's a social experiment. I've been through enough social experiments. I'm a homosexual. <laughs> you are a
2: social
1: experiment. <laughs> Hi, Joseph. Hello, Yellen Mars. Yo-
0: they say Ooh. hang on how are you? <laughs> Good, how are you, baby? What did you
1: do today? Today, um I Just Loud, no one cares. I, it was like I woke up, I was so glad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Waiting for Guffman. <laughs> no, I'm not waiting for Guffman. What? Thank you, Best and Show.
0: Uh, wait, is that from Best and Show? No. <laughs> Wow, you dropped that like a ton of goddamn bricks. Hi, everyone. Hi, you guys. Welcome, welcome. Uh, We are here doing our show. We're doing, what is our show called? Obsessed with Disappeared. (laughs) If you want more of the two of us not exactly knowing what we're doing at any time, join us on the Patreon. Yeah, join us on the Patreon. It's a little high-pitched. You're right. I can bring it down a notch. We call it the Drama Club. And Uh the Drama Club is where we do the series that you tell. Tell us to, by the time you hear this, we will have announced our new series, which is called Pink Collar Crime. Yeah, can you please explain to me what a
1: pink collar crime is?
0: Honestly, we didn't rehearse that, and I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) So basically, this show, it's a bit of a palate cleanser, right? So this show is all about the growing crime wave known as... Felonous females. Oh, I like it already. And it's absurd. And they're true stories about like the most unexpected women. We're talking PTA moms. We're talking cheer women. Cheer women. Chair. <laughs> chair women. Like a chair. I you said cheer women. <laughs> no, we're talking Jake Crew wearing pearls, earrings, having women that took big risks, and really, it really didn't go great for them. <laughs> It is hilarious, and he's wheezing I'm over sorry, here. I'm sorry because
1: you're like Pearl. What is what the hell did you say? But guess who hosts it? You're never gonna believe. Mary Lou Retton. Huh? I really butchered that name.
0: Mary Lou Retton. Marsha Clark. Oh! It is so fun and absurd. We haven't started yet, but by the time you hear this, we will have started on it. It is gonna be a blast. You also get three free bonus episodes and our regular episodes
1: without, without ads. <laughs> How's it going over there? What else do they get? I'm just watching the circus unfold in front of me. <laughs> yeah, you, you get access to our close friends stories on our Instagram. And you get first crack at merch and live shows.
0: Now, that's a big deal because... Our merch once sold out just in the Patreon, and so did some of our live shows. So it is a blast in the half. If you are able, come join us on the Drama Club. Anything else they need to know? I'm not wearing underwear. Great. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Season 7, Episode 6, No Stone Unturned, tells the story of the disappearance of David Remens,
3: A popular artist who lives off the grid vanishes without a
4: trace. From the beginning, I felt something bad had happened to my brother.
2: For him to not be around and his truck to be around was just wrong.
3: Something was wrong. A close-knit community comes together in a quest to find their
4: friend. Everybody wanted to mount searches, but we had no idea which direction to search.
2: Why would he leave the life that he's got? He's got a good life here. Foul play is clearly an option.
4: Everybody was just... Feeling like we're running out of time. If he's still alive and he's hurt, we're running out of time. The
3: clock is ticking while investigators race to find him.
2: Everything that I tracked down uh, turned up nothing. It's just like I was chasing a ghost.
3: And a family is left desperate
2: for resolution. Somebody knows something. I'm sure of it. Somewhere around the world, somebody knows something about this case.
0: Before we get started... Jeff, can you play the intro of the episode from, like, the the beginning through the victim's name?
3: August 8th, 2012. It's a warm and sunny morning at Quietude Farm, a 172-acre horse farm just outside Watertown in central Tennessee. 60-year-old David Remens is getting an early start after waking up in his unconventional home, a treehouse he has come to love living in for its down-to-earth simplicity. It stands on property owned by his longtime friends, Donnie and Laura Nestle.
0: They they just give me a lot of information off the bat. I got the date. I got the location. I got the person. I got the acreage. Yeah. I got the weather. How fast do you think I'm typing not Christopher? (laughs) Like, wow. That was a lot of information. Oh, I was like, I need a stenographer. Somebody to help me out.
1: Yeah, the writer today was drinking a lot of coffee. Yeah, stole some of my Adderall. So it's August 8th, 2012, and here we are on a bright and sunny day at Quietude Farm. It's a 172-acre horse farm just outside of Watertown in Central Tennessee. And we learned that David lives in a treehouse. That's right, a treehouse.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm curious more than anything. Yeah. And he lives in a treehouse on the property of
1: his friends Donnie and Laura Nestle. Can I just say, like, They say that he loves living in the treehouse for its down-to-earth simplicity. Now, when I hear down-to-earth simplicity, I also hear pooping in a hole and wiping with some leaves and a prayer. Not the journey for me, but I'm not David, and listen... That shit worked out for him. So <laughs> live in a tree, baby. I, I support your journey.
0: Well, Laura tells us that no matter what, he insisted on sleeping in his treehouse, yeah. right? Like, even though they invited him, like, wind, rain, tornado. she says, no matter what the weather. And for anyone out there listening who might live in a treehouse, could you just do me a solid <laughs> and come inside when there's a tornado? Please. I worry about you. Think, think about me. Pack up your belongings, grab
1: a book, and go get some shelter. Yeah. No. In uh, the honey. that makes me nervous. Yes. The tree is not exactly fortified shelter.
3: <laughs> David has a busy day ahead of him if he's going to catch up with friends and run errands in town before driving up to Michigan to visit
4: his family. He had planned on leaving by noon that day. He had his bag already packed.
2: And after he finished breakfast, he continued with his typical day in Watertown, which involved having coffee with his friends.
0: Baby, he was packed and ready to go. Yeah, so we ate breakfast, and he went along with his day. So we get a little bit of David's backstory. He grew up in Kalamazoo. Yes. Real place. Kalamazoo, <laughs> Michigan. And we see a young picture of David, like around like 11 or 12. And then we get 20-something David, and I was like, you look like sexy Jesus. Baby, that
1: hair is golden. That skin is bronze. David could get it. Yeah, he could lay on top of me for sure. He makes me... <laughs> He makes me feel like a lady.
0: And so one of his brothers says he was athletic and loved the outdoors. And I was like, what gave it away? (laughs) <laughs> the treehouse.
1: I mean, listen, Jim also tells us that he was in tune with nature, which, what a blessing for him, because personally, I'd like to be in tune with an all-inclusive resort somewhere in Tulum, Mexico, with a beautiful <laughs> man named Hector and a Speedo smiling and handing over a Belvedere Bloody Mary first thing in the morning. Tomato, tomato. You guys, <laughs> he just rattled that off with nary oxygen in sight. Do you, do you, I'm going to take one of your lines. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry does that feel forced <laughs> sorry we just read we read a review you today guys, Joey <laughs> Joey
0: just learned the hard way not to read the iTunes reviews I was like baby those aren't our people
1: it's fine this woman said or man or person said that I had a screechy voice a screechy voice can we play Patrick singing the cranberries you know what song it had to have been because it's the best jam song in the fucking world? Now I'm free! Free! <laughs> no, I was thinking it was the Cranberry song. Ah, ah, ah Wait. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> the look on your face.
0: Whatever just came out of your mouth is unrecognizable <laughs> to my ears. I have no idea what song you were singing. You could lay down a bucket of cash right now, and I could not identify. You strung no melody together in any kind of
4: sequence. Uh-huh. uh-huh.
0: What's the name of that song? Jennifer, my love? Can you play that part of it? Sweetheart, sweetheart, sweetheart. Yeah. I love you so much. I would give you any organ you needed at any time. I'm going to beg you to stop singing. I'm going to ask you nicely. I'm going to use my indoor voice. Okay, great. Don't ever do that again.
1: Screechy? I have a screechy voice (laughs) is what she said and that that my that my banter feels forced. I was like, honey, you need to just sit down with him with a margarita and a (laughs) when he's had a bad day, that banter doesn't stop. Anyway. Say that shit to my face. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I'm fine. Everything is wonderful. Here we are in Mayberry. (laughs) Don't read the iTunes reviews.
4: (laughs) I grew up looking up to him, admiring his abilities his talents, his personality. He was spirited and adventurous and artistic.
2: When David moved to Tennessee, I think he was drawn to this area because it's just got that home feel to it.
0: Sister Janet tells us how sweet David was and how much she looked up to him and how much he was adored and she tells us about the town of Watertown that he lived in. She said it was like Mayberry. Now that reference is even before our time. But, yeah! I don't... Isn't funny? Like, I don't even think I ever watched that show with my parents or anything, but you know I it.
1: I did. I think my parents are probably older than yours.
0: I mean, I watched I Love Lucy with my grandparents.
1: Oh, okay. No, my dad loved that show, and I, I remember watching it, and it took me a long time to figure out that that was Richie from Happy Days. Yeah, Richie from Happy Days. So, it's a small town with a big heart and a lot of love, so... David and his family were always visiting each other. Whether it was David heading to Michigan or his family coming down to Tennessee, they made a real
4: effort to remain close. Through the years, he would come to Michigan on visits. We would travel to Tennessee for a a vacation. So there was always communication. There was always connection. There was always love.
0: So on this morning, David is going to drive from Tennessee to Michigan, and it takes like seven hours. So if he left at noon... Seven hours. Would he have to drive home? No, to get to get to Michigan. Michigan. He's got to get <laughs> oh, to Michigan. I, the ball on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't sit in a car longer than four or I lose my mind.
0: Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't know. No, I don't
1: like driving. I like being a passenger. Oh, I like driving. Oh, good. We should take a road trip. I want to be in control of the radio, though. That's fine. Okay, great.
0: Anything else? Yeah. What else? Are you okay? <laughs> So, a few days before David was set to leave, he had left a voicemail for his brother, saying that he was running a little bit behind schedule and that he was meaning to be there a couple days before, but he was going to be delayed because he had to look into some possible work opportunities that might be coming up for him.
1: So Jim is like, oh, Dave will be here in a a day or two. Right. So the one task he had to finish before getting on the road was he was going to meet and chat with a contractor about a job. He wanted to make sure this job was secured and waiting for him when he got back from Michigan. Honey, I love the hustle. Yeah,
0: you got to secure those jobs when you are a freelancer, which Dave David was, he was a stonemasoner. Yeah, honey, what is, what would that mean? There's all kinds of jobs. <laughs> There's so many jobs. I should write down all the jobs that I learn about on this podcast. (laughs) You should do that. You know what I mean? I mean, because basically he made, you know, like he was really good at it, turns out. And he he made, you know, chimneys and walls. You know, there's got to be someone. I mean, if you're like,
1: I want a a stone chimney. Who do I call? You call David. Yeah, but also remember they said he put up retaining walls. What's a retaining wall? What's it
4: retaining?
1: Somebody's
0: somebody's (laughs) going to tell us.
1: Yeah, and that shit is hard, though. We're, we're, with Working with that medium is not easy. Uh, I know as a fellow. I know
0: about working in not easy conditions. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I worked with Patricia for two whole years. <laughs> I see what you did there. And as a fellow artist, I, I personally like to work with uncooked macaroni. Yeah. Very chic. You,
0: honestly, your last year's spring collection of the macaroni necklaces was was your most superior. Yeah, I
1: mean, this year I'm working on tube tops, um, matching <laughs> nipple rings. <laughs> <laughs> David's untraditional
3: style of construction became so popular, examples of his work can be found throughout Wilson County and beyond. People that wouldn't contract him to do retaining walls, culverts, chimneys,
1: most of the jobs he got were through word of mouth.
0: Right. David was so good, he actually built Donnie and Laura's house on their farm, and he called it the Hobbit House. Now, I was sure I didn't hear that correctly, but no, it was actually the Hobbit House. There's like a little circular door that looks like
1: Rumpelstiltskin lives there. And... These must be some tiny people. Yeah. <laughs> because that shit looks small. It's beautiful. Yeah. The craftsmanship is excellent. And it's just so cool. Like, I can't think
0: of another word. Like, you walk in, and it is. Like, the walls are stone, and the chimney chimney, and it's like, who
1: did this? Yeah, he was a real artist. I mean, it is very impressive. I personally wouldn't want to live in it as a man of six feet because it looked like a photon to people. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, and obviously he was a fucking nerd like us. So, like, nerds unite. I'm here for it. So, shortly before noon on August 8th, Donnie Nestle, who again, that's the dude whose farm David lived on, noticed that David had returned to the farm. Donnie had just gotten off the tractor. Hopefully he had a good ride.
0: (laughs) That's it? where, where I do most of my
1: thinking. <laughs> she only had a cigarette after a good ride on the track. <laughs> and he was in the garage. David came out of the house with his sketch pad, cracked a joke about not forgetting paperwork, Damn. popped in his truck it and was left.
0: A, was it a sketch
1: pad. He's not sitting in the corner like Bob Ross. It was a notepad. I thought it was a sketch pad. <laughs> no, didn't he say notepad? Notepad, sketch pad, all pads, okay? Well, well now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay.
3: The sketch pad was where he had worked up the calculations
1: i thought maybe it was some sketches of some new rock work oh okay maybe you could be right maybe he's building gandalf's house over there who knows So Donnie is like, oh, he's off to go chat with his new client about ideas. Cool. I'm sure he'll be back shortly. So then this is where we meet a woman by
0: the name of Tony Tutu. Yes. And her lower third says local resident. Now, I'm not trying to cross hairs here. (laughs) Like, I I recognize that we have like an entire episode to get through. Yes. But aren't all residents of
1: a town local <laughs> It's a bit redundant.
0: <laughs> I'm a resident, but I don't live in the town. I don't live locally, but I'm it's confusing. It's yes. real confusing.
1: <laughs> Just put down local resident. <laughs> This is like the way Stephanie Meyer writes it's so from intense. Twilight. She would be like, well, the shiny sun was shining. Oh, yeah, no shit, <laughs> Stephanie Meyer.
0: She's a local resident. Yeah. I'm sure the people at ID are like, honestly, nobody pays attention to those lower <laughs> thirds. And then someone's like, you know, those two annoying as shit podcasters. They're going to fucking say something about that. I know it. Not long after leaving
3: the farm, David is seen back in Watertown.
2: Based on the interview that was conducted with a witness, she actually observed him pulling in the Dollar General parking lot. I was done with work at about one o'clock
4: and I came to the dollar store, bought a few things. Then he came pulling in not too long after I did. That was the last I saw of him.
0: So, Tony was here to say that she saw David pull into the Dollar General around one o'clock. Now, if there is a place that I can get lost in for an hour and get anything I do not fucking need, it is a Dollar General. Honey! Same. Honestly, the things you can find that you never knew you needed. Like, I found these tissues with motivational quotes on them. I was what like, they, I, uh, really? I, I'm going to snot in some
1: live, left, love <laughs> tissues. Let me tell you what else you can get at a Dollar General. Microwavable seafood. Uh, yes. <laughs> are you joking? No, you can pick up a shrimp egg roll, pop it in the microwave, and hello, Thanksgiving dinner. Fun for the whole family. Hope you got more than one toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can we just go back to Tony Tattoo for a a second. Tony Tattoo. Tony Tattoo. That's some alliteration. I What know. a great name. She's great. Honey, she showed up in her new purple blouse. She looked great. With her homemade jewelry made up of life-changing crystals, <laughs> immaculate <laughs> eyebrows. Baby, those brows were sculpted. I said, Solid work, Tony Tattoo. Baby, Tony was not messing around. She's like, I'm going on camera,
0: lights, camera, action. Here we go, baby. You want the tea? (laughs) Have the tea and these fucking eyebrows for five minutes. Thank you. She's so amateur. No,
1: she spilled her guts. And you know what else she said? She was like, David was so nice, and he had sparkly eyes. (laughs) I said, all right, I see you, Tony. She's like, yeah, you got sparkly eyes. I got sparkly thighs. Shall we shine together? (laughs) Want to make some fireworks? (laughs) (laughs) What happens in your brain? I don't know. Tony Tattoo, call me. We got things to talk about oh god you are you are. <laughs> listen
0: he puts his he puts his straight jacket on one buckle at a time just like everybody else
3: later that day donnie and laura nestle realized that david hasn't been back to the farm to pick up his bags for his trip to michigan you know david wasn't a creature of habit but he had habits that were fairly consistent nor had he contacted them with instructions to take care of his dog cody
4: I began to worry about him when it was supper time because David would generally never miss a meal and if he was staying out Late, he would generally get a hold of us somehow. Later,
0: Donnie and Laura are at the farm and they realize that David hasn't come back for his stuff. And they're like, Not only that, his dog is here? Like, yeah. are we, is somebody taking care of this dog? Yeah. Like, whose is it? And then she goes, And also, he never missed a meal. I, me, <laughs> me and David both, baby. But here's where we learn I don't even know how to take this information, so I'm just gonna say it. We learn that David doesn't have a cell phone. Wait, I
1: thought that he does have a phone, but he never carries it.
0: Is that what they said? They said, no, they said he didn't have, I don't know. Now you're making me second guess everything. I mean, it's it's 2012. They said he wasn't the easiest to get a hold of. He also didn't have an email. We find that out later. Yeah. He He didn't have email.
1: They said he didn't carry a phone, so maybe he didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. I remember that because I was like, Ellen and I could never.
0: Oh my gosh. We learn more about that later, but all to say Donnie and Laura were like, he's not home for dinner, and they kind of
1: went to bed anxious, and they wake up in the morning and he's still not there. Yeah, and the bags he packed from Michigan were still at the house, and that's when they decide to start making calls. They started calling his friends to inquire about his whereabouts, and one of those friends was David's close buddy Marvin.
0: Okay, so did you find anything weird about that or no? What,
1: no. Okay, so Donnie says...
0: Well, I called Marvin. Now, usually when they name someone, they appear or we reference them in some way. And I was like, scrolling back to my notes, I was like, have we met Marvin? Who's this Marvin person? Meanwhile, Donnie's talking like we know Marvin. He's like, you know Marvin. (laughs) He can always get a reservation. That guy, he is a crack up. Do not
1: play poker with him. He cheats, (laughs) am I right?
0: Like, I was like... (laughs) Who's
1: Marvin? <laughs> Honey, she didn't want to be on camera. Her crystal jewelry was still in the mail and the eyebrows weren't done. Okay. But Donnie, like, said it, like, you know, well, I called Marvin. <laughs> and I was like, do we know-
0: <laughs> so donnie says hey marvin you know our best friend have you seen david and marvin was like no he headed to michigan and donnie was like oh marvin you old so-and-so everybody knows how silly <laughs> marvin is no he didn't go anywhere and then marvin says oh you know what i got some news for you
1: his car is at the dollar general
0: i was like bitch then why did you think he was in michigan i mean
1: seriously donnie was like it's a what I mean, so of course, anyone who knows David is like he wouldn't travel to Michigan without his truck. Highly unlikely. Yeah, (laughs) unlikely. Highly unlikely. Highly (laughs) unlikely. Please welcome the stage, Holly Unlikely. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Holly Unlikely. Holly
0: Hardly. Holly Unlikely. Holly. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. What's your favorite drag queen name?
1: Oh, Kyle Post's in Kinky Boots was Witty uh, Bantor. Witty Bantor is really good. Tell them
0: what your in Kinky Boots, all of the drag queens had names. That what, we gave each other. Yeah, what was yours? Mine
1: was Terry Dactyl because of my monstrous arms. He's got long arms. <laughs> Our friend Paul was CC Easy Flaps. <laughs> And Charlie's other one was bowl of steam, because that's all she ate. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bowl of steam. It's like, y'all are ridiculous.
0: So Donnie, who got the tip off from Marvin that apparently everybody knows except for me and Joey, was like, all right, well, let me like swing by the Dollar General. I need some circus peanuts anyway. Ew. And <laughs> let me see if it's there. And it is. So that, is when Donnie decides to call the Wilson County Sheriff's Department. Like, I just imagine Donnie being like, hey, Bob, it's me, Donnie. I'm at the Dollar General. Wondering if you... Oh, Circus Peanuts? Yeah. No, I'll go double... G- Do you want me to get them? They have the two-for-one. Do you want me to grab those? Anyway, uh, just called to tell you... David's truck is there, and everyone knows
1: that's like a big red flag, apparently. Absolutely. And so the patrol units head out to his truck to check things out, and the truck is in great condition. Nothing seems odd, except for one thing.
3: But there is one thing about the truck that seems strange. The truck was locked, which was unusual. Dad- Don't know that I remember ever having seen David lock his
1: truck. Work! One of the benefits of living in a small town where everyone knows everyone. Lots of trust. I probably would still lock my truck. Lock your doors! I mean, maybe he had nothing of value.
0: He's like... Okay, so in my side research, it turned out he actually had some power tools. And that might, might have been why it was locked. They don't mention that in the episode, but that might have been why it was locked.
1: But anyway, lock your doors.
0: Lock your doors! Yeah.
1: So... Donnie and Laura are deeply concerned because none of this makes sense. None of this is David-like behavior. He wasn't off drinking because he didn't really drink. There's no way he was off womanizing because he wasn't a womanizer. Woman womanizer. Woman. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. He was. He wasn't a. <laughs> Please do not step on the toes of a recently unconservatorship apized Britney Spears. Oh, my God. I can't help it. It's low-hanging gay fruit. But why did they go zero to womanizer? I don't know. Is everyone okay?
1: I mean, they live in a hobbit house. Uh, Who knows? They were like, he wasn't a womanizer. I was like, wow, what are we talking about? (laughs) Well, they're just trying to say he wasn't off like having a fling
0: for the weekend. So Donnie called brother Jim to be like, hey, have you heard from David? And Jim was like, well, was he working? Maybe he didn't come home because he was working. And I was like, what? Who sleeps at work? What? So now all the brothers and sisters are involved. We have Janet and Wanda. They're David's sisters. They head to Tennessee. And slowly everybody is starting to get word that David... Is not here.
1: Now remember, everyone knew David and they loved him. So folks began to reach out to Donnie and Laura asking, how can we help? And people wanted to organize search parties, but they had nothing to go on, so they didn't even know where to begin. Yeah, the family was like, I mean, I guess if
0: everyone calls the police to take it seriously and escalate it, I was like, escalate it? In Watertown, Tennessee, population in 2012, 1,729 people? I'm pretty sure that's the only thing on the docket for the foreseeable
1: future. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah,
0: it's a tiny, tiny town, so... I'm sure the police were like, we know. <laughs> bring, 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 bring. Hey, my friend David is missing. We got
1: him. Well, that is a really small town. Yeah,
0: I know. That's what I'm saying. But the
1: point is that everyone wanted to help and nobody knew where to start dark. Exactly. So the sheriff's department, they do begin to take the situation seriously, and they assign Detective Stafford to the case. He's like, look, dude has no history of abusing drugs or alcohol, no criminal history. This guy was pretty straight-laced, so we're going to have to approach this from a different angle. So they start checking out his credit cards, debit cards, trying to find any transactions that could lead to his whereabouts.
0: Right, but remember, he didn't have an email. He didn't have a bank card. He didn't have a credit card. And his living off the grittedness was something that people loved about him they thought it was adorable and endearing and I was like well you don't like that now do ya <laughs> they were like turns out it's actually if you go missing my dude really hard to find you if you don't have an email phone bank card or anything that we can trace back to I you I mean it's
1: wild I feel like you and I would be so easy to find oh my god I know I know something was wrong simply I'd be like Instagram yelling as it posted in five hours <laughs> Something is very wrong. Send out the hounds. My little Italian fox is missing.
0: (laughs) I do it to stay safe and slightly insufferable.
2: We started, you know, to just interview people throughout the community that had come into contact with David. And we kind of compiled a timeline of David's activities up until about one o'clock that afternoon. The only known scene that we had was the truck that was located at the Dollar General.
0: They kind of retraced his steps, and everything brought them back to that Dollar General at 1 p.m. Because he had coffee, he saw people, someone was like, yeah, I saw him on the main road, that one main road at 11.30, and then everything just, boop, stopped right at 1 o'clock.
1: Baby, they ain't a breadcrumb to be found. In
0: fact, he pulled into the Dollar General and they looked through all the surveillance. He never went to the Dollar General. He I didn't mean, go inside.
1: That gave me chills when they said that. I oh, know. All those circus peanuts nobody's eating or buying. <laughs> Why do we have those? I mean, so now they're like, well, shit, let's see if there's any other cameras anywhere that can help. Turns out, there aren't. Nothing. So there's zero footage of what happened before or after he left the parking lot. And so they run forensics on his
0: car. And there is only one tiny, tiny little clue. And that are these really interesting bricks in a flatbed of his truck. So remember that job he said he was going to go inquire about? They were like, well, actually, who was that? And where was that? And What was that job? I don't think he was being secretive. He was just like that kind of guy that
1: nobody could figure out what he was doing. Yeah. Now, the only thing that David's friends knew was that he had been bidding on a new job, but no one knew who the client was. They didn't have a name, an address, nothing. So now it's been 72 hours, 72 hours since David went missing, and there is virtually nothing to go off of. Nothing. And so we know
0: David had met this old guy in town. And I'm not saying an old guy. Generally, that's all we know about. That's That's literally what how they describe him in the episode. Yeah, they keep referencing him as old man. I was like, sorry, sorry, dude, if you're listening, we love you. Yeah, we're not ageists. Yeah. (laughs) Come to the drama club. Um (laughs) so He had met this old guy in town and the guy was like, hey, you know, I have some interesting bricks. If you want to come take a look and you can take my bricks. okay." (laughs) And we know that David went there and saw like two or three hundred of these. Yeah. Vintage is the only word that's coming to my mind. What are they? They're like aged.
1: Old ass bricks. Oh, Jesus. I'm like, what are you trying to come up with? Old ass bricks. (laughs) Half of them stuck in the dirt. (laughs) So. And he was like, well, you want them bricks? You got to dig them out. And so he got
0: there. And this man was like, I'm building a house for my family. and But you can, you know, as a matter of fact, um, you want to do some rock work? Yeah. And that was apparently the magical guy who he was going to go talk to about this
1: pending gig. Yeah. So when David got home, he talked to Donnie about the prospect right. of that job, saying like, well, when I return from Michigan, maybe this will be my next gig. And he's like, I want to bid on this job, but I need to meet with the contractor. Now, David had mentioned to his friends that when he was at the older gentleman's house, that there were two construction workers who had been sort of laying down the foundation for the new place. But David was struggling to find out who the contractor overseeing that new property was. And and that's kind of like all we know
0: of that whole situation, and Donnie and Laura are like, great, we'll start from there. It's
1: like, you're not going anywhere from there, my friends. I'm so sorry. Wait, but he did also mention, which why it made them even more suspicious, is that the two construction workers were somewhat evasive with David, Yeah, and they must have been acting weird enough for David to bring it up when he got home to Donnie and Laura. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Detective Stafford wants to find out if David actually met the older homeowner or the elusive contractor on the day he disappeared. With no names to go on, police need to locate this construction site.
2: We believe that the construction site was possibly 20 to 30 minutes away from Watertown. And this was based on David going out to the scene on several different occasions and collecting these antique bricks, which we, he was very excited about.
0: So Detective Stafford, who was on the case, now wants to know, did he meet with that guy? Did yeah. he make it to that meeting? But there's no fucking paper trail. Not even a name. Yeah. At all. And poor Detective Stafford, like, couldn't even get a hold of anyone. He's just, like, asking people, like, anyone do construction? Who's doing construction with some old-ass bricks? I mean... (laughs) So these people are just kind of, like,
1: guessing. Yeah. And basically, they did some math I did not understand to figure out how long it took David to get out to where he was going and to get back, plus adding the speed limits. I don't know. All of it equals a big what in the fuck is you talking about for me? Because, I mean, do you remember? I mean, that part of the episode, they're like, well, if it took him, you know, it must be this mile, this many miles back and forth. And I was like, you lost me. Okay. I love you. You're adorable. I'm not a a lawyer. I don't know this shit. (laughs) Meet me in a courtroom. Anyway, make it make sense. Think about it. I haven't. So... Uh, so they come to the conclusion somehow through Ellen's math that she learned over in San Francisco, <laughs> the elitist school that she went to. And <laughs> this place is probably within a 10-mile radius. Got it. Understand. Wow. Betrayal never comes from your enemies, does it, friends? <laughs> now we're talking a little over 300 square miles of area to cover. And that takes a lot of manpower mm. and a lot of resources what did I just say? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I've been through enough. A lot of resources.
0: You can't even use the my dad just died joke because my dad just died. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, oh,
1: uh, resources. we were uh, like talking a lot of manpower and resources. <laughs>
0: So they put up posters and they contact the media and there's still no leads and they put out this plea for whoever that mythical contractor is to sort of come forward and identify themselves just to see if, you know, David ever made it there or something.
3: In an attempt to spread the news of David's disappearance statewide, his friends contact local news stations.
4: Oh, I hope this helps. I hope this helps and we can find him.
3: Friends are ready to start searching, but they don't know where to start. There are no leads, nothing to indicate where David
2: was going. And so they're just sitting here waiting for something to change.
1: So they're hoping that after the segment airs on TV, after all the posters are put up, that someone will come forward, you know, with a sighting or a credible lead. And no one comes forward. And they're just keep, they're like,
0: is any old man with some old bricks? And they just, like, stopping old men. They're like, do you have bricks? <laughs> the old kind? And they're like, no, no, can, no. don't forget to say old-ass bricks. Do you have those old-ass bricks? <laughs> old-ass bricks! They really, I mean, could you imagine just, like, wanting to do something and you just being like, I don't know where to start. So they bring in the sweet angel baby German Shepherd. And this is really,
1: really interesting. Very interesting because, baby, that dog picked up David's scent. Yes. On the driver's side of his vehicle, around the front of the truck, over to the next parking spot where that scent ended on the passenger side of whatever vehicle had been there next <gasps> to his truck. What a good baby. What you, a did good truck, baby. Good you did such a good job. You did such a good job.
0: Isn't it interesting though? He knew the exact pattern. I, he did. He walked him from the driver to the front of the car. He was like, make no bones about it. He went this way. But that's fascinating. Oh, I would I love to
1: know how how much time had passed when that dog did that
0: oh there is a listener who messaged me about working canines and like they can pick up a scent for a very very long time as long as it hasn't rained
1: wow
0: you learn something every day do you want to learn something about miles per hour and speed limits or no we'll say no, I don't want to over I don't want to overwhelm you. I don't drive, I don't need to know about miles per hour. <laughs> yeah, or you learn nothing about things that don't pertain to you. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> eyes on the road, honey. Eyes on the road. I mean,
1: I am American. Anyway.
3: <laughs> this new evidence proves to be even more troubling for those closest to David.
4: The fact that he would go as a passenger in another vehicle with somebody that he didn't know would have been extremely unusual for him because he didn't like to ride even with me as a passenger in another vehicle. It made him really nervous. So we've always questioned that in itself for him to go off like that.
1: So now we learn that this behavior is strange because Laura is like, look, he didn't even like to ride on the passenger side with me. And I was one of his best friends. Yeah, well, I always get wary when someone
0: says somebody would never do something because... In the great words of
1: Queen B. Oh, God, where are we going? I don't want to hear that. Because, first of all, how do you know? How do you know that that's true?
0: I mean, Beyonce's right. How do you know when someone will... You know, it's just... It's a very umbrella statement. I mean, granted, abducting an old man in broad daylight seems, like, odd (laughs) and unlikely. But still, basically, she said he would have never have gotten in a car
1: willingly. Yeah. So now... It's a big question mark for Donnie and Lori and investigators are left. They can only speculate. Yeah. They're left with speculation. So they checked the surrounding
0: area for car accidents, for missing people, and they said maybe he fell in a ravine.
1: The Tanya Ryder of it all. Ah, Tanya Ryder, that story. I know, right? But I'm also like, some of these scenarios that they came up with, I, I was like, y'all are really reaching because y'all may as well be like, oh well, he might have walked through a closet to Nania and he's mesmerized by a fiddle playing Mister Tumness, whose hips don't lie. For as much sense as some of this shit makes to me, but Did I'm he? not an investigator. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) should be do you need an oxygen tank today
3: (laughs) but if david did meet the old man or the contractor at the dollar general parking lot and left with them in their vehicle then what happened next Investigators begin to speculate.
0: So now they're looking for two things. They take to the air with some planes and <laughs> helicopters, and they're looking for an accident, maybe, or they're still looking for that fucking construction site of old bricks. And Donnie says he went up like four or five times. Yeah, looking from the air. Yeah, and they couldn't come up with anything. So a day passes and it just gets sadder. And Sister Janet, she's very confused that something would have happened, or that he willingly would have gotten into someone's car because she said he was very street smart and i was like janet i love you he lives in a tree
4: and then laura said i don't think he had any enemies sometimes david could have some pretty smart remarks (laughs) are we keeping track of
0: smart remarks because you and i are
4: going down like the titanic if we are
0: I never make smart uh, Marmar Never. He just opened a fan,
1: you guys. He just opened a <laughs> fan and sipped his unsweetened iced tea. My mint <laughs> Well, he was also known for being frugal. He wasn't materialistic. But the detectives did discover that two days before his disappearance, David had made a cash withdrawal from the local bank. In fact, they had him on camera. Right. But they thought, like, well, maybe this was in preparation for his trip to Michigan. Yep. But if someone saw him taking out a large amount of cash... Maybe they thought to themselves, like, I want that money.
0: Yeah, it, it could have been. And so we learned that Watertown doesn't have a lot of crime, but they got a lot of meth.
1: A lot of meth?
0: There's a lot of meth. So then they think maybe he walked in on something and maybe someone took him and hid his body or something happened. And do you know that it's almost impossible to hide your own dead body? I've heard
1: that. Where have I heard that before? When it comes to hiding your own dead body, he says it would be nearly impossible to hide your own body.
0: (laughs) I mean, maybe with some gumption and fortitude, maybe you could hide your own dead body. But it is nearly impossible. I find, in my findings... Totally. (laughs) It's... It's it's nearly, nearly, it is nearly impossible. Oh, he is so hot and so sweet. Bless him. I just, is someone watering him at least twice a week?
1: Oh, right. Got it. I got it. It's, got it's it. nearly, nearly impossible. Anyway. Also, meth. Can I just say? Yeah. Not sleeping for days Ugh. sounds awful. I know. Truly awful. If I can't sleep, you know the end of times they talk about in Revelations? The end of times (laughs) begins when I start smoking meth and stop sleeping. Because, honey, you better pray the Lord raptures your ass up, because if you stuck down on Earth with me and no sleep, there is nowhere to hide from my rage. Not even a hobbit house, okay? (laughs) I've seen the rage. (laughs) Don't wake me up, and don't let me not sleep. Okay? (laughs) So... This is where
0: it starts to get a little even more graspy than it was before because they think maybe he left on purpose. Maybe he hopped on a train. He loved trains. I was like, "Ah, okay. I know. So they checked the train records, and then Laura's like, you know, he used to paint these scenes, and he made this one painting near a railroad track, and he would sort of portray himself as a hobo. Is hobo derogatory? I don't know.
1: I Googled that, and there's a difference because— a hobo way of life, they still work. They're just nomadic. So hobo is a term that's antiquated, but it's not necessarily considered, it's not like calling someone a bum. Do you okay. know what I mean? So can we say hobo? I, I think so. If we can't, we apologize, but also, can we just talk about hopping on Trains? It's very Tawanda Fried Green Tomatoes. Oh my gosh, yeah. I love that movie. I do too. Face it,
0: girls, I'm older and I've got more insurance. <laughs> so good. I just like, these ideas right yes. now are just like, maybe he liked, you know... It... It's sad. They love I'm, him they so love much. They love him and they want to find him. And we learned that he loved postcards and he would take pictures and make his own postcards, which I used to send postcards to my mom everywhere I went. But really? my mom's house burned down. So that's how you turn. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I have, I have no memories. <laughs> Let's just turn and talk about me. That's wow. how you make someone's sad story about Are yourself. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Better uh, help.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's thousands and thousands of these postcards You ask probably anybody here in Watertown, did you get a postcard from Dave? Yeah, I got a stack of them or I got a drawer full of them.
3: So now the complete absence of any form of contact from David is mystifying. For me, the jump is to imagine whether he could come to disappear without telling anyone.
1: These people are just confused and they're sad. And I'm sad for them because I can see how heartbroken they all are. They love him so much that they're trying to romanticize. A film-like scenario. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's very movie-like. And I, I don't know. They, you know, they go on about how adventurous he was. And I understand the impetus to keep someone alive in your memory. Yeah.
0: They start to talk about the historic railroad. He wasn't on the train. He didn't
1: get on a train. He didn't get on a train. No. You
0: know, and the detective on this case was like, this is the first time I've worked on a case. And I genuinely had no Inkling as to what happened. Everyone is so lost. You know, every, you know, like they have hunches or they have a tiny lead. They never had a single lead. We'll hear it time and time again. They're like, someone called about this. Someone called about... Ah, it didn't
1: pan out. Yeah. There were none of those. There was none of it. I mean, like we were talking about, there was a lot of romanticizing of what could happen, but there's just no evidence to support any of it yeah I mean even if he was obsessed with the quote hobo lifestyle a 60 year old man's just gonna hop on a train and say sayonara everybody not the way he loved his friends and family yeah and I know we always talk about you never know what people are capable of but I just don't think this man was gonna disappear yeah
3: nearly two weeks after his disappearance David's family returns home to Michigan with the promise to come back to Watertown immediately if there is a break in the case my sisters and I were
2: devastated when we had to go home without any, anything. We were just completely empty handed.
0: So at this time, the family heads back to Michigan and they're just kind of hoping for the best. But they got to that time and we, it, it happens every episode where people is like, OK, we kind of have to resume our life as debilitating and as sad as it is. We can't sit in Watertown just spinning our wheels. And, you know, the family is sad and traumatized and stressed. Now, this next section, I got a lot to say.
1: Yeah, so, okay, Sister Janet is so distraught over, I mean, listen, anyone who's been through any kind of traumatic experience with their family, it can manifest physically, absolutely. Absolutely. So she went to go to her chiropractor to get work done on her, and then something strange happened. While she was visiting the Cairo, she discovers an old photo mysteriously tucked in the medical file at the office. And it was a picture of her and her cousin at this place that David used to love to take them called Burgess
0: Falls. Then, a day later, she's watching a TV show and they had a program about a tree house, much like David's, and it was built by a man named Horace Burgess. Yeah. Now, everything she starts to hear involves the word Burgess, And so she tells her family and the family's like, well,
1: let's go to Burgess Falls and see if this means anything. Yeah, so they make the drive to Burgess Falls in Tennessee, which is a state park less than an hour outside of Watertown. But sadly, the visit produces no new information. There was nothing there to indicate that something was going on. So the family is like, OK, let's head back to Michigan tomorrow when something unusual happens. Right. And she looks down at the map on the table and
0: Sister Dana just glances down and right on the map the first thing to catch her eye is a
1: road called Burgess Road. Yeah. So the family is like fuck it. Burgess Road here we come. Yep. Now Burgess Road is located less than 25 miles from Watertown. It's described as very secluded and pretty quiet. Yep. So they get to the end of Burgess Road, and they find houses and driveways, right? But they can't go any further because it would be trespassing on private property. So the family meets another dead end. And they were like, I mean, the falls were beautiful. oh <laughs> They're like, we're going to go
0: back. So this is what I want to talk about that. Yes. All right. Has something like that ever happened to you, right? Like, you notice something new, like a word or like a brand of clothing or a song. Like, you see it and then you see it all the time. Yes, totally. So... I did a little bit of research because I was like, wait, what is that called? There's actually a name for it. It's called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon, and it's more commonly known as the frequency illusion. So I did a little bit of research. The Bader-Meinhof phenomenon says we only see what we are either consciously or subconsciously seeking out. Sure. So it's an actual real thing. My whole point saying that that wasn't a sign. Right. It was just like you were more aware of that word and then you were looking for it. Sure. You didn't mean to be looking yeah. for it. So she was doing that and I was like, what do you think that is? Yeah, bless her heart. I know, bless not- her heart. But like, it's it's just so fascinating because I was with her. I was like, is this going to be something?
4: I really thought it was going to be something too. And
0: And it wasn't. It was nothing, much like my career.
4: At this point, it's a sense of... Here we are again, empty-handed. We're going home again with nothing. I can't verify anything. I have no direction. I only have this word.
3: It's a final crushing blow for Janet and her siblings.
0: So, all to say, the family cuts their losses and they... Get ready to, like, go back to Michigan again.
1: Yeah, and at this point, there's nothing more to go off of. And friends of David talk about how loved he was, what a great guy he was, yeah. a great friend. And after he went missing, there was an, an exhibition of his artwork to honor him. And really, his artwork was cool. I know, it was really cool. Really cool. And I loved it because we get to see inside his mind, yeah. you know, a glimpse into, yeah. his, into his creative parts of his mind.
0: Yeah, I have done some artwork into the creative parts of my mind. Oh,
1: really? Blank (laughs) canvas.
0: She's not very bright, but she's loud. (laughs) Do you know one time I had an audition? I was a little girl. I was like 10 years old and I walked out and someone goes, wow, you sing loud. And I went, thank you. (laughs) But I was like sincere. (laughs) (laughs) Also, who would say that? Someone said that to me. What a bitch.
2: (laughs)
3: For investigators, David's case remains open.
2: This is the case file on, on David Raymond's. You can see in the past three years what it's grown to.
0: So the detectives are frustrated and the family, they say, are confused but hopeful, which in a nutshell explains my past two years. And <laughs> Shut up. It's true. And the detective shows us in his vehicle... I
1: I
2: I know, that accent. My
0: vehicle.
2: My vehicle.
0: (laughs) He says that he drives around with a sample of those old-ass bricks just to see if ever he passes like a
1: stack of bricks, just to see if he can match them. Do you believe that he put that brick in there specifically for this episode? No! You really think he drives around with a brick in the back of his car? You hate nice things. I don't believe that man for one second. Yeah. Serious. Oh, wow. That ping is really coming through. That man drives with a brick in the back of his truck. And Stephanie Meyer is a beautiful writer. Give me a break. <laughs> okay? I believe it. Do you believe in magic? Anyway, he's like, if I ever find these bricks, I'll be sure to match it. I'm not. I'm it's not- a sweet sentiment. I don't buy it. So there is an acknowledgement that the case may never get solved. Some of his family believes he's still alive, some don't, but they are united and their continued love for him and the fact that he was a wonderful man. Honestly, he does seem like a great guy. I know. Just yeah. Very, very sweet. So that's sort of how it
0: ends. And we have some follow-up research. Yes. Did you do
1: some research, Joseph? Yes, I did do a little research. Okay. Just look going at, right off the top of my head here. Look at you.
0: Google's free for all. I had no <laughs> idea. Because Patricia didn't know how to use the
1: Google machine. Go on, tell me the what Google. you learned. Hey, Google. Well, they found his remains. Yeah. Where? Not far from the Dollar General, within a couple miles. When? Uh, two twenty-one. Yeah, two twenty-one. It's
0: just yeah, it's a new math. Men don't get lost at sea like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> you tried. Oh, Shut I up, love- Ellen! <laughs> so, so- You're not better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I am actually. Okay, fine. Okay, so this case was cold until uh, January 2018, and what happened was they found. A skull Ugh. along the road in Watertown, and the rest of the remains were found a couple days later, and they were confirmed to be David's through dental records and the clothing that he was wearing. Even what? Yeah. However, this the case does remain open, and they do hope for any information that might lead them to David's killer. And this family deserves an answer, and and they're still trying. So, anyone with information on what might have happened to David Raymonds is asked to call Crime Stoppers at. 615-444-5245 and as always tips can remain anonymous and we are so sorry for their loss but we hope that they can find some justice We really
1: do. Ugh,
0: say something funny.
1: Circus peanuts. The breakfast of champions. <laughs> <laughs> what? <are those? laughs> I mean, yeah. Literally, on this
0: case. Bright green. Tawanda! (laughs) Tawanda! Oh, if you want to find Joey and I and you want a little bit more of us during the week, you can find us on the Drama Club. You can go to our website and find the Patreon link. You can get three extra episodes ad-free Plus our one special thing. We've done trivia. We've done Zoom Q&As. We're about to do true crime hot takes. We're super excited. That will probably have aired by the time you listen to this. So someone help me.
1: <laughs> also, I'm having a great time interacting with everyone on our Facebook group. You can find us on Obsessed with Disappeared. Facebook discussion group. Did I do it? No, okay. 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 Uh, you can find us on the Okay. okay.
0: All right, third time's a charm. No, no problem, baby. Take your time, just like you did in the
1: third grade. Come on, you did that a couple of times. Go on. You can find us on the Obsessed with Disappeared discussion Facebook group. Very close enough. What, Give them ding A ding, ding, ding. <laughs> You can also
0: find us on Instagram at the Disappeared Pod. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on TikTok on Obsessed with Disappeared. We're having
1: fun with that TikTok. We're
0: having fun. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna make some more content for you. You can find Joey on it's Joey Taranto on all the things. And me at Ellen Marsh. And you can always slide into our DMs and give us a hello. And if there's anything you wanna hear on the Drama Club, please reach out to us. We are here for you.
1: Until then, goodbye. To- Okay. Remember when I was told that was not Michelle Branch? Sorry about that. No, it was Michelle Branch. It's not Vanessa Carlton. Sorry about that. Anyway.
0: Someone get the hug.
1: We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Very
0: sweet. So Uh on this morning, he's going to drive. Oh, honey, get us some water. (coughs) Can we get some water? I need some water.
1: Anyway, that's it for another uh, podcast. I could talk about that series for a long time.
0: Oh, I'm sure we'll have some have have the, the... bye <laughs> but anyway so yeah but but the point is to- <laughs> what is the point can we I get the know. point tony tattoo was the last person to chat to david and probably at this moment the last person to see him
1: i mean poor tony that was the last time her shot was shooted she had shooted the shot so long shot it shoots so
0: and marvin was like
1: uh yeah no marvin was like no <laughs> yeah or no is that the two constructor, blah, blah, blah. constructors? They're constructors? Hello. How does your mouth work today? Not easily. Is that? Go ahead.
0: You, can, you can say that, sweetheart.
1: Okay, so. <laughs> I
0: already said that. Did you? That. Did, Did, you, you? you lis- Did you listen to me or no? H- haps. Yeah, mayhaps.
1: And um, b- blah blah blah. My life. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, it's like Patrick never <laughs> left. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs>